lost this tournament, he'll end up selling Countess Maritais and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. And now it's time for two tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard and Josh Helmer. Well, welcome to Hour 2 of the Give Me Zone. Hour 1 flew by, and uh, we're on to Hour 2, Josh. And, uh, you know, we kind of teased it a little bit. Let's hit the text line. Slim Brady, as we were talking about disqualification, says, I had just put money on speed, then he gets DQ'd a couple hours later. Talk about some bad luck. Horrible luck oh. for Slim Brady. Good morning, Slim, by the way. Nice to, uh, nice to hear from you. Sorry to hear about that, though. Hey, the Jordan Spieth thing, in, in closing here, does the punishment fit the crime, though, right? Like, golf purists, I'm with you. I don't have a problem with, look, the rule is the rule is the rule, right? But is the rule right in the sense that a disqualification is the, is the, is the penalty? Or should there be a you know, two-stroke penalty? I mean, does the punishment fit the crime? As a purist, I'm going to say yes. You know, the rules are the rules are the rules, right? It's kind of like, a, a, you know, an extra hard foul. Pierce, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I was gonna. This is gonna be kind of a, an off, offhanded uh, example of this, but you know, in in my spare time, I'm an avid disc golfer, uh, in fact, and so much so that I've played in professional tournaments. And at that level, it's not a disqualification at all, but they do have like I think it's a three or two stroke penalty. So it's severe, but it's not to the level of disqualification. When I saw the notification of Jordan Spieth getting disqualified for it, I almost didn't even understand what happened because it didn't make sense in my head. Well, you know, Josh, I think we're seeing different views from from across different age demographics, you know, right? And, Pierce, I got to ask you this. Since we, since we have as a buffer <laughs> music, have you seen Caddyshack? I have one time. Okay. I think my, my dad made me watch it, and I did like it. I did like it. I feel so much better about things now, knowing that you've seen Caddyshack. I've seen, I've seen Tin Cup as well. Um, I've seen some of those you got to see them movies. Happy Gilmore? Yeah, I've seen Happy Gilmore, okay, of course. Great. So, yeah, All I've right. got around to the important ones. Whew. If you hadn't seen Happy Gilmore, then we might have yeah. had to ask you. I might have had to get off the air at that point. That would have been, yeah, been too Yeah, bad. we had a tribute to Chubbs uh, the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago, right, Josh? We did. R.I.P., baby. R.I.P., Chubbs. All right, let's dive into this, Josh. Um, who – Notables that didn't make the cut for you. I, I've got the list, okay? You tell me, and I think we're going to agree on the, the big name, but there's one that I want to talk a little bit more about. Well, a couple we could talk more about. Big names that didn't make the cut at the Genesis. Okay, here's, here's your list. Wyndham Clark didn't make it. He was two over. Keegan Bradley, uh, also two over. Matt Kuchar, two over. Seth Straka, two over. Justin Thomas, he was cut three over. Uh, Nick Dunlap, three over, and Matthew Fitzpatrick, four over. None of those uh, names made the cut. Which is the substantial one for you? You left off Grayson Murray, right? He's won a tournament this year, too. Um, Sorry, Grayson. I, it wasn't on my <laughs> list. Yeah, I apologize. I'm proving my point that people are like, oh, yeah, those early events, who's really paying attention? Um, 
Man, it's it's got to be JT or Wyndham, right? Justin Thomas would be the name for me. But uh, here is what I wanted to ask you. Matt Fitzpatrick, right? A couple of years ago, wins a U.S. Open. He, uh, he did win the RBC Heritage last season. He's four over here cutting this event. Were you expecting more from Fitzpatrick after the major championship breakthrough? Has he been disappointing since? In my opinion, yes. I really expected that to propel his game to another level, and I still haven't seen that yet. And so I would say yes. And, and I'm disappointed for JT because I felt like he was getting his game back in shape, but then doesn't make the cut here. And, and the other one I'll hit that made the cut that I'm disappointed in is Colin Morikawa. You thought he would play better. Thought he would play better for sure. And he has uh, shown us some signs of life of late. But, uh, you know, for him, I mean, we're talking about Colin Morikawa. We're still, we're still talking multiple major championships, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, home state of California, you know, you, you kind of expect him to play better. And it just, just hasn't clicked yet. Um, so we'll see. And, uh, you know, Amongst my golf group friends, you know, there's this big debate is, you know, how many people are going to turn on to watch Patrick Cantlay, the most robotic PGA Tour, and one of the slowest, by the way, of anyone out there? Yeah, I guess we could update the leaderboard for you. Cantlay, he's in front, 13 under. He's five shots clear of List, of Jason Day, of Hughes. Connor's a little ways back at seven under par. Zalatoris is at six under par. Yeah, can't lay. Uh, though he's played good golf for you know these last couple of seasons, he's been one of the higher rated, you know, higher ranked players out there. He's not necessarily an electricity factory. No, no, no. There's uh, people that would rather watch paint dry than watch uh, him play golf or, or do a press conference. <laughs> but uh, you know, Jason Day. I'm a big fan of Jason Day. So hopefully he'll he'll make a move today on moving day and uh, get in the mix. But. You know, the name I think we need to discuss out there is Will Zalatoris. You know, obviously he's coming off injury, Josh. Turned down $100 million guaranteed dollars with Liv. Good move or bad move on his part? Well, we're, we're going to find out based on how successful he is, right? You know, get into the how you feel about uh, – taking money from the live versus is there something honorable about staying at the, on the PGA tour instead? I'm not saying that's how I feel, but you know, this Brian, that's how a lot of people feel. So maybe Zalatoris feels that way that uh, he wanted to carve out his legacy on the PGA tour. He's somebody that at times has shown a ton of promise, but man, a hundred million dollar bag sounds, uh, sounds okay. Well, let's dive into that term legacy a little bit because, you know, I had a discussion with some other big golf fans uh, regarding this term. And, you know, and somebody made a great point, Mark Van Hoos, by the way, who's a great sponsor at, here at KREF, made the point is, you know, honestly, there's only 10 or 15 guys that can cement a legacy anyway that are, have the capability to play at that legacy-type level. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, if we're talking that, then basically you're saying, in, in, I mean, he's, he's saying 10 or 11 guys right now on tour 
or the PGA Tour live combined in, in a given era of golf? Is that is that the? No, I think his point was on the PGA Tour right now that if you look if we look back twenty or thirty years, you know, later and say, well, who really left a legacy out there? I mean. Because of defections to live in part. Well, not even that. I mean, just played well enough, won enough majors, that sort of thing to say, man, he left quite a legacy. He he was a player during that era. Well, that's what's disappointing about somebody like a, a Justin Thomas, right, who has a couple of uh, major championships, and you're, you're waiting for him to turn into that dominant force. Scotty Scheffler, right, is a scoring machine, but he can't putt. And so he doesn't win as much as Scotty Scheffler could win. Uh, and we could probably do this same song and dance and exercise with a number of guys on tour. Shoffley, right? I mean, we're waiting for Xander Shoffley to break through. Has a ton of talent. Jason Day, uh, you know, six, seven years ago, he was going great, and then he fell off the face of, face of uh, earth, right? So, yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a fair point. And, and you look at, uh, like, Tiger Woods had his 142 straight-made cuts. is incredible when you think about all the different guys. that We could sit here and exercise most any week, Brian, of who, who did not make the cut on the PGA Tour. Guys aren't doing what Tiger Woods did, and I get that that's rare and that's Tiger Woods, but you would think that somebody would go on a 60-cut streak or a 70-cut streak or win multiple major championships and be a dominant factor. We just... Kepka maybe right at times has kind of been that guy, and that might be it. Yeah, and, and I, you know, you you hear the talk out there that oh, it's more competitive now than it was ten years ago, or not. I, I don't believe that at all. Tiger Woods was dominant. I mean, I'm not a huge Tiger fan, as I've said before on the show, but he was dominant. And honestly, you brought up a great point about Scheffler. If if he could putt better, I mean, I'm just talking from 10 feet and in because he's hitting the ball so close to the hole. He would be rolling these guys every week. No doubt. And that's why I don't understand why somebody like Scheffler or, or McElroy, those two guys, I, I, you would have a better understanding of this because you, you play a lot more golf and, you know, have a, a – in a – you have a good golfing history, right? You've uh, you you could speak to what makes a good putter or a bad putter. I just, for the life of me, can't understand why if you're so great at everything else, and your name's Rory McIlroy or your name's Scotty Scheffler, how can you not figure out how to putt better? Well, I think it's the twelve inches between your ears, right? It's so mental. It, you know, when you start missing putts, it becomes mental. It's like guys missing free throws, right? You know, like when OU went through that stretch earlier this year, they were, you know, what, 80% as a team, and then they had three or four games in a row where they shot 50% from the line. Just gets in your head. Yeah, it is. It's, and that's why golf's such a tough game, you know. A, you've got to have the physical skill, but it's a, it's a super tough game just from the mental part. I mean – Remember when Tiger had one of his first comebacks? I think the first comeback, he got the shanks chipping. Remember they'd shown he was shanking the ball and sculling it across the green, chipping. He literally had the yips chipping. And so, Couldn't do it, yeah. But, you know, he obviously has worked through that. He's Tiger Woods, so he's not going to be mentally weak, right? He's, he's, you know, the argument is, is he the GOAT or just the GOAT of this era? You know, you can, you know, a lot of metrics like the cuts made, you're like, he is the GOAT. 
it's just, uh, you know, I find it so unfortunate to see him in the condition he is, trying to get out there and prove to himself he can do it one more time, and yet, you know, it, it seems to be ending in the same uh, uh, song and dance every tournament, which is WD. And speaking of same song and dance, we've sat here and tap danced or listened to the same music again and again where we're going to have a conversation when the Masters rolls around and probably he'll play at the players, right? You would think next uh, in March. Is it... <laughs> Is it possible? Can he go win there at the players or at Augusta? Is it even worth us dissecting anymore? Well, let's think about that. We'll hit a break real quick, and we'll come back, and we'll dive into Tiger Woods and whether he can actually still win a little bit, because I do think it's worth discussing. And then at the bottom of the hour, hey, state champion coach Greg Grost. All right, Pierce firing back the music from my era, right? 80s. There we go. That is uh, Dire Straits, you know, MTV, back when they had actual videos all the time fame. So, Josh, you teased it. Let's just throw it out there. Can Ty, is Tiger's body going to let him win one more to break, you know, the tie with Sam Snead? It's a. Uh... A fascinating question. I have to say, let's pump the brakes for just a second. Pierce dropped something to me during the break that I had no idea about, Brian. And this might come as a little bit of a shock to you as well. Did you know today is Pierce's birthday? Wow. Pierce, how old are we today? The big 22. 22 years old. I've got clothes 22 years old, Josh. This, this young man. How about that? Congratulations. Thank so you, what's your plans today? You got big plans? I mean, going I'm going to go watch game? the Sooners beat the Jayhawks. I think that's going to be a pretty good birthday present. And then uh, that's kind of it. Maybe go out to the bars a little bit tonight. I don't know. We'll see. Parents uh-huh. are coming into town tomorrow. going to be a nice weekend. Oh, okay, oh, so we're going to have to get home a little earlier than maybe normal because the parents are going to be in town, right? Exactly. Of course, yeah. yeah. Got to drink a lot of water tonight for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> boy, I had some bad stories from college with the parents' day and too much revelry the night before, but we'll leave those for another time. Um, anyway, hey, we got Greg Gross in the house already, so at the bottom of the hour, we're going to hit Greg. Josh, throw it out there. Tiger, yes, no, maybe. Are you believer, not believer? Where are we at? Happy birthday, Pierce. Can't believe you would sacrifice a morning to hang out with us on your birthday. I, I'm, I, I just don't know that he can, Brian. I, I want to see it. I'd love to see him. And I like that you start there instead of, hey, can he go win at Augusta, right? Can he win another major championship? Because probably the answer is no on both. But uh, being deadlocked with Sam Snead and trying to get the all-time PGA Tour wins a record to himself. That would be a notable achievement as well. I just look, four out of the six starts that he's had has either ended with a, well, him getting cut or withdrawing from the event, and the others were tied 45th, tied 47th. I just don't know that it's in the body anymore for Tiger Woods to go do it. I hope I'm wrong. He's the ultimate prove you, me, and everybody else wrong kind of person. I just don't know that it's possible this time, Brian. 
Well, I would have bet against it when he won a few years back at Augusta, and I still will throw out there that if he ever wins another major, it will only be Augusta. That's the only place he can win at as a major, in my opinion. I could be dead wrong. I was wrong before. But, you know, I, I think the bigger question is, is him continuing to try to play? Is this more about breaking that record, which over the last 15 years he's all, always just been about the majors anyway, has he kind of changed his thought process and like, I just need to break this record to hold it by myself? I don't know. I don't know what makes him tick. I, it's, it's not like he's playing a schedule that's curated with a bunch of, you know, this, the Genesis is his tournament. Uh, it's not like he's, he's going to probably play the players, right? But he's not just constantly going out and playing these, you know, PGA Tour events that aren't elevated events. So he's not clearly chasing that final PGA Tour victory. I'm going to say no. I don't know what makes him tick beyond. I think he's still trying to win major championships. Hey, maybe what makes him tick is can he still beat Charlie? Right. I mean, that kid is a player. I mean, and and obviously he's got the pedigree and – and all the resources in the world and probably can be as good as he wants to be. But, boy, tough walking in the shadow of Tiger Woods, right? I would say so. And if Charlie Woods winds up being great or even, you know, win PGA tournaments, continue a major championship or two, it would be – I mean, look, he's got the lineage and he's got dad right there that's won all the trophies that can help him, you know, walk the path to get there. But that's a lot to, to carry. That's a big-time weight. It would be pretty amazing if he's even able to be somebody that can go win PGA Tour events. Yeah, I mean it's tough out there to win, and and even even the greatest uh, you know amateur golfers in the world have a difficult time getting to the PGA Tour, let alone staying on the PGA Tour, as we've seen. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of uh, former Sooners that are there this year with their cards. You know. And and we'll see how they do. But, you know, obviously when you first get on, you don't get to pick and choose whatever events you play in. So uh, it's 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 interesting. So where do we think this leaderboard is going to take us today, Josh? What's going to happen on moving day? I think that a couple of these guys are going to get into the mix. I don't think that this is just a, a runaway victory for Cantlay here. So I, I think Zalatoris. Day, I could see each of those two guys playing well. I hope that we do have some drama going into tomorrow. Yeah, you know, I, I do too because five shots is a pretty big lead at you know at this golf course, um, and it's a tough golf course. The finishing the finishing hole is 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 very nostalgic, and it's a it's everybody has seen it on TV, and it's a very difficult hole. You know, we got Patrick on the text line. It says, when Tiger turns 50, is going to set the Champions Tour on fire because he won't have to walk. I don't know. Patrick, first of all, thank you for chiming in this morning. Josh, I don't know as I can see Tiger on the Champions Tour. Can you? I think Nicholas did it solely to get that tour off the ground at the time, and then you, you, he pulled out of there pretty quickly. Yeah, it's uh, sort of tough to fathom that maybe Tiger would kind of view it beneath himself. Uh, I mean, which would make sense for Tiger Woods after everything that he's done on, well, throughout his golfing career. But I don't know, you know, I mean, 
I, I don't know what uh, is going to motivate him in the future. Is he, uh, as Patrick points out, even a little bit of walking, is he going to want to do that? I mean, I know he can use the cart and this and that, but I just, I don't know physically. You got a fused back. You got a fused ankle. I mean, I, I don't know how much he's going to want to be around golf in the future. Well, and I think a lot of it probably depends on the trajectory of Charlie. You know, if Charlie continues on the uh, course that he is and, uh, um, you know, progresses in his career, I would think he's going to want to be with Charlie and mentor and coaching sure. him. I mean, that would be my thought. And I, and Patrick, you know, pointed out also that Tiger said he wants to play it. Yeah, I, I, you know, yes, that's that's great that he says that. I, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I said it on this show right. before and maybe took you back at the time. I still think he is going to replace Jay Monahan. Uh, I think there's a, I think there's a better than good chance that uh, that could be a part of Tiger's future. Absolutely, yeah. And, and they need a leadership change. They 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 need somebody new in that seat. Now, how quickly or when that happens, if Tiger Woods is the next name, I don't know. But it, it, somebody else needs to be there. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's he. You know, Jay Monahan is is toxic at this point, and there's no way there'll ever be any type of, uh, you know, deal with Liv as long as he's involved, in my opinion. And I, I think for the game of golf, we have to find some common ground. Or otherwise, you know, we're a couple years away from, you know, the best players in the world never playing in the same tournament as, as these exemptions expire from majors unless, you know, some of the Live guys go out and win the majors this year again. So, you know, I, I think we're, we're headed for dark times. But, you know, let's pivot because we've got the defending state champion golf coach, former golf coach at OU here in the house, Greg Grost. And Greg has some uh, great players to talk about. He's got the defending individual champion coming back this year. So let's take a quick break, Pierce, and then we'll come back and get Greg on and hear what he's got to say about the – Norman High Tigers golf team. Yeah, welcome back to the Gimme Zone. A very special guest, frequent guest of our show, and defending state champion coach, Greg Grosh. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Good morning, sir. It's uh, That's old news, you know. It's new year. New year, but new challenges? Okay, so... Obviously, you had an experienced team last year. Yes, three seniors. Sebastian Salazar comes in. That's that's pretty experienced, even though he was just, you know, just uh, 15 years old. Um, and you know, the only thing constant about college or high school athletics, team athletics, is change. So, you know, you, you enjoy the year. You anticipate what might happen. You hope it, that your ideas and your your thoughts for the team and where they go were successful. We were last year. Then you pass the torch. You know, three of them now that played here playing college golf, uh, uh, three seniors. And so the next group comes in, and we're lucky that we have the defending state high school champion, Sa uh, Sebastian Salazar, uh, you know, back in the lineup. Obviously, he's back to school. He'll, he'll graduate this year. Uh, we have Ben Sandim, uh, who was the freshman who stepped up at at the, as the semester went on last spring, and uh, and then ended up, ended up playing five for us, and counted quite a two of the three rounds, maybe all three rounds at uh, at state. Um, 
You've got Cade Wilson, who was in and out of the lineup, played at regionals for us last year. Could have played him at state just as easy, and it just came down to, you know, to a couple of shots at Jimmy and a playoff with Benson. And Maddox Valentine, who who had some issues last year, he didn't play as well, had some health issues and some and some things that kept him from focusing. But I got four seniors back. So I had three seniors last year, so I got more seniors this year than I had last year, basically, or as many. And uh, um, so now you got to bring in the new ones. You got to bring in the puppies. Um, and very lucky, uh, we have a uh, Alcott has been an amazing feeder into Norman High School for uh, uh, for golf. Uh, and uh, I think you had Alan Hager on earlier. Well, uh, Keegan Hager is playing for us now. Uh, Camden played for us last year. Uh, so he understands what's, what's expected and everything. So, uh, you know, it's just a matter of changing. The, the calendar flips, some of the names and faces change, and you start over with the process. What does Sebastian Salazar bring for you guys into this season? Okay, I guess uh, – Josh asked, Joe, we got Josh remotely. He asked, what does Sebastian Salazar bring into this season? Well, he's one of, you know, he was, as a 6A state champion here in Oklahoma because of the high level of play that college golf has and, and the high school golf has, uh, you know, highly visible. Um, he's just six, you know, he's now 17. He's a young senior, um, two years in now, basically. Um, fabulous ball striker, very, very great hands. Uh, he spent a lot amount of time this year working on, on improving his feet. Uh, we call them Latin feet. He, he, he dances a little bit too much with his feet. I've uh, been working with E.J. Fister on that up at, uh, up at Oklahoma City. Um, you know, so it's an evolution. Plus, he's gotten stronger. He's gotten a lot stronger and, and actually had a little bit of an injury situation happen during the holidays because he got disproportionately large, upper body to lower body, and, and, and it's just some things that, that happen. And, you know, that's that athleticism that we're seeing in, in golf now. I heard you earlier in the earlier segment talking about, you know, Tigers, you know, his health and issues and, and how big and strong these kids are getting. And, and uh, uh, Sebastian's got to work through that. Uh, I expect him to have a, a really fine spring, and, and then we're going to see where that leads him and where he goes to school. It's just, it's just, it's just probably imminent, uh, the announcement. So uh, um, that's, what, that's what we expect for Sebastian. Is he the best player in the state? He's certainly one of the best players, and we'll add it up at the end and see who is. Well, golf's a funny game, Coach. You know that uh, you know it's super hard to repeat as an individual champion because there's so many good players across the state. And so that will be an interesting journey to watch. He's a fantastic player. I've seen him out at Jimmy quite a bit, and he's a fantastic player. But we hit on something, you know, and you, you, you touched on it just a minute ago, about the training that you guys are doing in the off season. that's so much different than when it was when I played high school golf, which that was moons ago, obviously. Walk, walk through and tell everybody the type of hard work and what your kids are doing in the quote-unquote off season for golf. So when I – some people asked me if I would consider doing this you know, and, and TD and I talked, and TD, you know, offered me the job to do this. I said, the only way I'd do it is if I could do it basically the way I did it in college, because I don't really know any other way. And so, you know, that means in today's world, that's, that's year-round training, not just hitting golf balls, not just hitting drivers and putting. You know, that means working out, weight work, gym work, you know, cardiovascular. And so we start September 6th or 7th when the school season starts. Uh, when the school starts, even though we're in the off season, so to speak, in golf, you can still practice through PE with the OSSA rules. And so we're in, we're either in the gym 
on the track or in the weight room four days a week, seven o'clock in the morning. The young ones are like stunned that they're up that early. The old ones know it's just what we do. It's no different than what OU does or OSU does or any college team across the country. And some of them are, you know, when I was at OU, we were in the gym at 630 in the morning just because classes start a little bit earlier. So, um, you know, the idea is they have to be able to physically play this game at a high level. Now college golf is 36 holes. Well, high school golf is 36 holes in one day. That's a, that's a, that's a, it's, it's, it's a physical grind, a mental and a physical grind. So you have to develop that. Um, the young ones this year, you know, we have 12 on the team. Uh, we started with about 19, qualified in the fall some, cut it down to the 12. That's what I'm going to always start with. You know, five returning, seven new. That's a shock to the system of seven new. Um, you know, 14, 15 years old, they're there when the sun's heading even come up sometimes. Um, but you start to see them buy in. And that's what we did for those first three years with the group that we had. And it starts the – it's just how we do it. It's understood if you're going to play this game at, for this old coach, we're going to do it like they do it out at most college golf teams in the top 25. Um, they look on TV and they see how athletically strong. I mean, Ludwig Aberg came out of Texas Tech last year one of the most decorated players to come along in years. I know he went into college at about six foot two and a half, almost six three, about 160, 75 pounds from overseas, and he left at about six four, 190. Well, Benson Dean, sophomore, 15 year old, big kid. Um, he's now six four, maybe six four and a half, and he started last fall as a freshman, uh, 100 and. 35 pounds, and now he's 180 pounds, and it's pretty much muscle. You know, that's, that's that kind of – not every kid's going to do that, but good Lord, that's, that's amazing. I mean, I don't remember when I played college golf or when I coached college golf, anybody being that big, and yet now they're everywhere. No, they're playing other sports. I mean, and you hit on something. It, it makes them college ready, too. If they're good enough to play at that level, they're already prepared about what the grind's going to be. I mean, my son played college baseball, and it was eye-opening what the what the change in the grind is. And so I think that's important. You mentioned some of the, the young pups. Yes. Are, are they going to push the, these these returning guys, these five returning guys, are they going to push them for spots? Absolutely. Yeah, unless they will. I mean, um, so I already mentioned Keegan Hager. Um Alumni, you know, he's a legacy. Camden played at, at Norman High. Uh, Keegan has been around our team all the way growing up. He had a better idea of what was coming than everybody else. Um, he's like any 15-year-old. He's learning. He's big and he's strong. Uh, kind of barrel-chested kid. Uh, but he knows how to play golf. And, and so he's obviously going to be one that's going to challenge for a spot. Um, Carter Cook. Carter is, you know, six foot one, one hundred and you know probably seventy pounds right now. Big, strong kid. Played some played some football last year in J on the JV team for Norman High and um, really got fundamentals out the door. I mean, they're really solid. He just got lots of them. I mean, the golf swing is big. It goes a long way. And sometimes he's got plenty of you know plenty of posters just wrong address for some of those shots he hits off the tee. Um, Sean Boyd, um, and again another kid who played football. Last year, uh, played high school. I mean, junior, junior high, mid high golf. Really good player from Alcott. Um, probably he's got a kind of clean slate. He he's not he's not so wrapped up 
yet into the fundamentals and the mechanics of the golf game. The natural athleticism takes over. He's going to challenge. Uh, Gavin Anderson. Uh, Gavin's big, strong. Again, six foot. Um, you know, 180, 75 pounds maybe, 165, 75 pounds, and and can hit a golf ball really, really solid, a long way. Uh, but we may have to have a compass, a map, and a guide dog sometime to find it. So sounds like my tee ball sometimes. You know, <laughs> it's like they're you know they were saying Daniel Boone couldn't even find that one. You know, and they got Will Hyde. Will's that re- that fifth returning player who's a, who's a junior this year and gotten big and strong himself. And, and you know, he does a lot of things. He's involved with aviation and everything. And so every time you turn around, you got somebody who's big and strong. And then we got some puppies. We do. We got the the, the, the former. Uh, or the, the, the cross-country runner, Jude Banks. And we've got uh, Jasper Prince, who uh, he, I don't think he knew what he was getting himself into, and now he loves it. And then you got Little Hunter, Hunter Hurley. Uh, I call him Little D, too, because Denon Norman was that little when Denon was young. Mm-hmm. And, and Hunter's the same way. Just absolutely go-gets-it, small, doesn't weigh a buck oh five, but he's all in. I mean, he's the first one in the gym. He's the first one lifting weights. So it's fun. That's, that's the only reason I'm doing this is to try to give back. I enjoy it. I enjoy watching them grow, and that's what we're going to try to do this year. And uh, we got a very, very stacked schedule. As that's, that's, that's normal. I mean, Tell us a little bit about the tournaments we have here in Norman. We talked a little bit off the air. We've got some great events here in Norman. Let's go through those. I know we've participated as a station in, in the yep. Clash last year and look forward to doing it again this year. But walk us through that. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a plug in for high school golf in Norman uh, with our compadres across town over at Norman North. You know, the last two state 6A boys championships have come through Norman. Um, I always laugh. I said, well, now, now, now high school golf's going through Norman instead of Edmund. That's, that's, that's Love that, by the way. Uh, you know, obviously that is influenced by the access to golf courses in Norman, all of them, for all our teams. Um, by being able to look the other end of Jimmy Range and see OU. I mean, they're surrounded by this mentality of what college golf is and what they want to go do. And so uh, we've got three tournaments. Uh, Norman North does their first one. They're calling it the Hunt this year, which is cool format, 18 holes, qualifies you to a to seeding, and then you play match play in the afternoon. It's, it's kind of like taking a takeoff of the NCAA championship. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be on the 26th of March at Jimmy. Uh, all day, uh, great field. Uh, then we do our tournament, uh, which is going to be on the 8th of April, the Trails, a Tiger Invitational. Uh, I've got uh, 18 teams coming from all across the state. Um, we play 36. It's known as the, the Eat All Day Tournament because we put burgers and cookies out there and they eat all day while they're playing because the you know, way to a high school. I may need to come out there for a that high school one. or college player, the way to their hearts is through their stomach. So we get plenty of food out there for them. So, uh, um, we're really lucky to have that at the trails every year that uh, Alan and, and the, tra- the trails members support us. And then we have the clash, which was something we started back in, in 21 and Norman high, Norman North head up six on six match play Saturday, uh, April the 13th. We'll have the alumni event before they'll go out there and have some adult fun right before the, the guys go out. We're going to do a junior clinic again, right before that around noon, we invite all the junior golfers, mid highs, junior golfers from anywhere in the area to come out. We'll do a, we'll do a clinic with all the players, and um, I think it highlights golf in Norman. Well, hey, Coach, you know, we were joking on this show last week about, you know, the Texas Tech coach that said everything runs through Lubbock this year. We said we were talking about high school golf because we, we, we had Calf in here last week and said 
everything does run through Norman right now in high school golf. And so we can actually say that and be correct and not foolish like the the coach at Tech was. <laughs> well, I mean, let's look at it. I mean, the, the programs in 6A men in this state in golf, yes, Norman High and Norman North, I mean, those just based on last performance, at least since the pandemic, uh, obviously, the schools in Edmond, Memorial, the, the original one, the original they call themselves. I guess we call us, ourselves the original ones also. Uh, Edmond North, Edmond Santa Fe, and then you add now Stillwater. You know, Stillwater, is, is their high school program is just taken off. And uh, then you got over the guys in Tulsa. You've got Owasso, Jinx, Union. They're all good. Bixby's coming on strong. Um, you look down at 5A, my Lord, Duncan. How good is Duncan? I mean, at 5A level. and uh, Every year. They always have good players there. It's amazing. But it's all because college golf is so prevalent in this state. It's so obvious. It's a part of what the fabric is. It's because the Oklahoma Golf Association, the OGA, has done such a fabulous job with the OJGT Tour run by that started by Maury Rose, uh, Dayton Rose's dad, mm -hmm. played, played at Oklahoma State. Yeah. So golf is there, and it's just part of the fabric. And uh, I talk to state high school coaches around the country. Uh, and my other job is GCAA. And, and, you know, they're always amazed at the amount of great players coming out of high school and junior ranks going to play college golf out of this small state, small numbers. But why? Because they see the role models all around them. And it's not just OU and OSU. It's Oklahoma City University. It's UCO. It's, it's Oklahoma Christian you know, it's Cameron, it's all those schools. Yeah, our D2 schools have fantastic golf as well and Absolutely. Have, for, have for a long period of time. And, and uh, you know, I think you can even go a little bit further back, Coach, is is these golf pros do a fantastic job getting the juniors involved and having junior clinics and, and things of that nature to get, get young kids interested in golf, too, at an early age so that by the time they get to middle school or high school, the ones that really love golf and want to play golf competitively – you know, have been exposed to golf for a longer period of time. The South Central PGA has done a fabulous job. I've been here in Norman, you know, since I came in 85 to coach at OU, and I was blown away by the South Central section because they're so involved. They get the South Central section junior tournaments all summer, and that's where they get their start, you know. And then you have college players, great college players that played it, you know, all across the state that who are still living here, and they're giving back, you know, whether it's Jim Woodward, EJ Fister, um, and know. I know Kelsey and Taylor Gooch have been, have been integral in, in some of that give back, right? Kelsey's a huge part of that. Taylor obviously had some cool things that supported us last year. Uh, Kelsey played for me at OU, and we talk, you know, frequently when he's not on the road with Liv. And, uh, um, you know, they all are giving back. And so uh, junior golf, which feeds high school golf, which, which then leads into the next step for these kids, it's very healthy in the state of Oklahoma on both the men's and women's side. But, I mean, I'm obviously on the men's side, so that's what I really know. So um, it's a great situation to be in. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we're getting ready to get rocking and rolling, and people say, well, your season starts. Well, our season started back in September. You just don't see it. No, and like when I was in high school golf, it was really robust in the fall as well. We had many tournaments and all that. I know budget cuts that we referenced off the air have – shrunk that down quite a bit to some degree haven't they yeah hopefully the ossaa and we i've been involved with some individual coaches across the state and others in, in that are prominent in the state of golf or in the state in golf are trying are going to try really hard to make the ossa understand that they need to open up some avenues for golf in this fall 
because the weather is good. There's less people on the golf course. Um, and I understand there's financial challenges for smaller districts that don't have coaches. They're, they're football coaches or basketball coaches also coach the golf team. And I understand that. But one size doesn't fit all. And they're holding kids back. And they're putting strains on golf courses, which they don't understand. It's not because they don't want to understand. They just don't understand. So we're going to try to see if we can get them to listen. Um, you know, um, hopefully they will because there are a lot of people in this state that understand what's going on and allowing the high school teams to have the option to play some dates in the fall would doesn't say they have to. If you just want to stay in the spring, that's fine. That's when it needs to be played, the championships. But maybe give them the option to play, you know, two or three tournaments in the fall, uh, play some practice matches after school where you don't miss school, which, which is fine. Okay, we got you got daylight then, right? You know, you have daylight savings time. It's warmer. The golf courses are less crowded because more and more people are playing football or going to football and all that kind of stuff. Um, Texas did this very successfully, and I know that that's a, a sore spot anytime you make up the state of Texas and the state of Oklahoma. But the reality is, they have a very similar, at least in the northern half of the state, same climate, same issues, uh, golf course access. You know, don't change the state championships from spring, but Use it all. Use hey, the whole calendar. Coach, I want to thank you for coming in today. We're going to catch up with you after you get in the middle of this season, get these events going, and check back in. Hopefully we can be part of the clash again. If somebody wants to help Norman and your program at Norman High, how can they do that? Just reach out to me. Uh, the, the, any way you want to help, that's fantastic. We have a booster club, uh, the Norman High Men's Golf Booster Club. and uh, just. Reach I wrote out a check. Me. Huh? I already wrote a check. I hope, did, you, did you add an extra zero this year? Oh, man. I have to talk to my big boss here, see if I can get some zeros on my check. How about we'll that? We'll look forward to seeing you at the Clash. We'll have a blast. We'll do that. Thank you again, Coach Greg Roast, defending state champion coach at Norman High. Pierce, let's take it to break. Well, we're firing back in for a very quick last segment here on the Gimme Zone. I want to thank Coach Gross, Coach, or Alan Hager, and of course, Pierce on his birthday for being here. Josh, who's winning the tournament today? I think Cantlay's going to win. I hope it gets interesting. I'd love to see Jason Day or Zalatoris. A couple of those names make a little move, but uh, I think the five-stroke lead, I don't think they're tracking him down. You're probably right. I'm I'm pulling for Jason Day. I think Cantlay's the guy to beat, but I am pulling personally for Jason Day. I'm a big fan of his. Hey, we didn't get to talk about it, but Billy Tubbs' day was phenomenal yesterday. Pierce got to be a part of that. Thank you. And everybody get out to Lloyd Noble today, 3 o'clock game. And I believe we have the uh, softball game today as well, right, Josh? One one thirty. I I believe that is correct. I don't want to misspeak. And and tell everybody what time you're coming on right here on uh, KREP. Well, we're thinking 6.30 for pregame for OU Baseball versus Tennessee tonight, where we're going to look to upset that apple cart a little bit. But obviously that will be dependent upon the games in front. We ran on schedule yesterday, so I'm planning 6.30 pregame 7 first pitch, but we shall see. We shall see. Well, thank you again to everybody for a great show, and we'll hit it again next week and see who wins this tournament.